well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. Matt, I've been trying to celebrate Halloween, but it's 88 degrees here. 88 degrees. Is that a Back to the Future reference? <laughs> it could be, but still. Yeah, it's been ridiculously hot. It is a season staller. It really is. We're at like record temperatures for October here in the New York, New Jersey area. And it's really bringing me down because I want the fall so bad. Well, the really annoying thing for me is that every morning I get up and I go outside and I'm like, oh, it's finally here. Yeah. It's so nice and cool and windy. And then by like 1030 in the morning, you're like fucking Kirsten Dunst in Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Like, middle of the day, my car is saying 100 degrees inside the car. <laughs> oh, God, that's yeah. terrible. I mean, it's, I don't leave the house, so it doesn't hit me quite that bad. But <laughs> just seeing the sun shining on and reflecting on all the glass outside just upsets me. As many pumpkin candles as we have and pumpkin spice, whatever we're eating, it doesn't amplify what we're trying to <laughs> accomplish here. Right. So. Well, you know what I wonder is, like, what do people on the West Coast do when they're dealing with this even in late October? How do you people in California deal with this? Yeah, that's the burning question we want to know. Literally. But we have had some good things that have come around that have really enhanced the season so far. And we're always trying to determine what that big thing is for the Halloween season. Yeah, this is, it's been a kind of sketchy on that front. No obvious contender, or at least there wasn't until yesterday. Yeah, I mean, we've had a few things uh, before we get into that. We've we've had the Wayback Burgers, which was the big Ghostbusters tie-in. Right, that secret promotion that just like popped up out of nowhere and was the coolest thing we had seen. We really were convinced that that would probably be the thing because there really wasn't anything else well, to, to make. Well, Slime Shake with like green goo dripping down it. It's like, yeah. it sounds hard to top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, marshmallows and green goo. Mm. And ghost pepper sauce on the burger. Yeah, the ghost pepper sauce. I, you know, I have to admit, <laughs> that's getting a lot of flack online because people are so over the ghost pepper thing. How could anyone ever be over ghost pepper? Well, I think it's pretty amazing, though, because they're not really necessarily over pumpkin spice as much as people say they are because everything's pumpkin spice, so people must be buying it. Yeah, but this is going to be the last hurrah for the pumpkin spice thing. I don't know, man. It'll I, be around. It'll be around, many... but it's not. The novelty factor is gone as of this year because it's so everywhere this year. Yes, true, but the novelty factor will go away. But I'm going to tell you, you're never going to see the coffee disappear because pumpkin coffee and pumpkin spice lattes and all that no it's, no though no, totally those things anything that is a natural fit will remain yeah but if it's these goofy things like fucking pumpkin spice cat litter like, <laughs> this is it this is the last year so go out and enjoy yourself because it's going to be something new next year i have to say with the pumpkin spice stuff i have not tried the el fudge pumpkin spice cookies yeah but I feel like those might be like the greatest thing ever and no one's talking about them. So here's the situation with the EL fudge pumpkin spice cookies, because I have a pack and I actually had a pack last year that I never bothered to open. Yeah. The problem is that they look like something you would say no to when offered them by your grandmother. <laughs> like they look like the cookies that are at grandma's house. They totally do. Yeah, and it's like, and you're looking at them like, oh, God, am I hungry enough? I don't know. They look like they're from the 1940s. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. So true. Oh, But I, I'm with you. They might be one of the more natural fits for this ridiculously vague flavor. Yeah, and I'm with you. I mean, we do kind of have to maybe explore other avenues, but once we start going into apple cinnamon and apple caramel like ah, i don't you know, know what i just want to see more of i want to see more i don't care what they make the flavor they can make it pumpkin they can make it fucking cherry i just want to see some more old school halloween visuals yes you know like I, a pumpkin surrounded by cinnamon and nutmeg and lettuce leaves for some reason like <laughs> after i see that four thousand times 
I'm over it. Yeah, and you're right, though, because if you slap, like, a vampire or some sort of, like, Elvira-looking character on something, then it becomes Halloween-y. Yeah. So, but with all that said, we did get something really cool that we're going to talk about, and it actually ties into the show. Yeah, so in the very first episode of the Purple Stuff podcast, yeah, the we were discussing um, things we wanted to see. From Halloween food makers. Yeah, products and tie-ins and things like that. And you had a brilliant suggestion. I said I wanted garlic Doritos. I thought would be a good idea yes. because it, they could keep the vampires away if you're watching like a horror movie or something. And guess what, everyone? They fucking made them. <laughs> they made they them. They made them. You clairvoyant <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I really wish that it was not only in Japan, though. All right, so here's the deal. New Doritos, garlic pepper Doritos, black Doritos, but you can only get them in Japan. Yeah. They're or, a- uh, you know, through an online retailer who's going to charge you twice as much, and, <laughs> and then you'll have to also put a $50 shipping bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is exactly what we did. We were all over that. Yeah. So I actually had a chance to try them yesterday. Yeah. I have a fresh bag here. Yeah. And I know uh, you have a bag as I, well. I do. Let's hear it. Uh, I got all it right, right here. Yeah, you can't fake sound effects like that. This it's, is all I just, legit. I gotta say, like, th- I mean, this bag is really beautiful. Oh, it's so cool. It's, so if anyone hasn't seen a picture, it's like, it looks like a goddamn thunderstorm. There's no misconstruing this bag as not being for Halloween. This right, is... like, I don't know what all, what all these Japanese words on the bag are, but I assume one of them is Halloween, because there's <laughs> a fucking vampire on the bag. And there's a haunted, like, a, a Dracula's castle. Right. There's bats. freaking bats, bats and, like, Blair Witch trees. And... Oh, and the chips themselves are black. So black. Yeah. Now, I had a chance to taste these, and I was legitimately, I swear to God, I thought they were so good. Yeah. I'm going to open my next bag. All right. But I really want to hear your impression. I need some backup. Okay. If you don't like them, by the way, the show's over. (laughs) Man, Japan, I I don't know how the fuck they open their bags in Japan, but this is like a goddamn safe. (laughs) I mean, they're very fun. Like, they're even more pungent than usual Doritos. You smell that shit. It's um, It's like ramen, right? Yeah. Ooh, wow. I mean, yeah, it's not necessarily the most pleasant of smells. No, I would say it's a, a little similar to Tetrafin. <laughs> but I don't know. I think it worked. Should I go ahead and try one? Or yeah, you... I, I need to hear. Right. But... Okay. Well, they're definitely interesting. Oh, no, you don't like them? <laughs> no, they're good. Oh, give me one of these. Hold on. All right. I see what you did wrong. (laughs) You have to actually, like, sort of suck the chip a little bit. Yeah. To get the flavor off before you crunch. They're not bad. No, they're they're more they're not bad. They're the best Doritos there have ever been, except for maybe Jumpin' Jack Cheese. There's something, there's an element to them that Mm, is... They're uh, so good. (laughs) They're so good. I don't know where... I mean, it's sort of like... um. The nori, is that how you pronounce it? The You know, the seaweed that wraps sushi? Yes. But, and I know that sounds gross. It's not something I would usually go for, but I don't know. But, I, I mean, the bag itself just is enough to go crazy. Mm, so good. <laughs> mm. I cannot believe that we've actually got this, though. We're, a year later, we're sitting with this, and we have the bag in our well, hands. Well, it's just amazing to me, because it's not just that you said you wanted something like this. It's You actually said... <laughs> specifically what it should be <laughs> yeah it's really cool that uh that they did this hopefully it'll come out in the states next year who knows oh my god <laughs> oh man so it's been fun doing a little taste test but i don't think we've ever done that here in the purple stuff no speaking of which i just want one more yeah you know actually you know i do <laughs> oh, fuck are you kidding these things are hot these are so good <laughs> I think you mentioned, like, fish food. Yeah, but the thing is, like, let's be real. When you were feeding your goldfish those flakes, they did seem kind of appetizing. <laughs> like, in their own you didn't eat them, but you weren't completely opposed to the idea. The only reason would be because the fish went crazy for it. So you're like, oh, right. Maybe, like, your fish are just sitting there, never moving for 23 hours a day. And then 
all of a sudden they go buck wild. So there had to be something to those flakes. And I think Doritos has tapped into it. <laughs> what? No dip? So, Jay, what are we doing tonight on episode 34? We are doing a sequel, and it is a sequel to Not Your Average Scares. Ooh, more things that are way scarier than they were intended to be. Yep. Something that you wouldn't necessarily think of as super scary at first. Yeah. These are the mind fucks that you just weren't expecting. I'll volunteer to go first so we don't argue about it. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you didn't volunteer, you'd still end up going first because there's no <laughs> way I'm going first again. <laughs> All right. So here we go with number one of Not Your Average Scares. Not Your Average Scares. Number one. Making pies. Yes, gooseberry pies. It's apple pies that make the men folks' mouths water. Pies made from apples, like these. <laughs> oh, they do look delicious. Yes, but wait till you taste one, dearie. <laughs> So, Matt, first on the show tonight is an old book that is based off of Snow White. And at first, when you hear that, you probably think, what is this guy talking about? Like a Disney Snow White book. This is Yeah, I can back you up. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) So there was this giant book that my sister got for Christmas one year from my uncle. It literally was like 17 pounds. Seemed like it was 400 pages. It was a tome. It was a tome. It was like etched in gold. I'm not even exaggerating. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I obviously don't know the book you're talking about, but I had books like that. We thought it was, this was like the be-all, end-all of books because we never seen anything like it. We knew it was very expensive and whatnot. My mom would read us excerpts from it, and I used to be very scared because she would flip through it, and she'd get to the parts where the Wicked Witch in Snow White. Right. She used to really scare me. She had these big beady eyes and everything, and she would have the apple and like, it was... Let me ask you, was it, did she look like she did in the Disney version? Yeah. She looked like uh, the original Crypt Keeper. She did, she did. like Undertaker's grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, yeah. But the key here wasn't just that it was a book with scary pictures of an old witch. It was the fact that after a couple years, as time went on, they stuck the book in my sister's closet all the way at the top because they didn't oh want us. Yeah, they didn't want us to like ruin it. And she'd go out somewhere and I would sneak into her room and stack things up to go up into the top of the closet to get the book out just so I can get my fix of this picture of the witch because I used to love to get scared. So it was like my crack. So you would like intentionally go to get spooked by yes. the witch. Yeah, yeah. So they, <laughs> so I would like climb all the way up to the top. And I mean, grab- most most kids your age who were like fishing through their parents' bedroom when they weren't home or like looking for Playboys and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're looking for the old Disney storybook so you can get creeped out by a picture of the witch. That's exactly it. Jay's gonna Jay. There's lots of times when I would like just grab it with my fingers and it would fall and make a big thud. Oh, you know? yeah. And plus, <laughs> so, like the fact that they hid it in their closet made it seem more exotic, I'm sure. It was, yeah, it was more enticing. Right. Yeah. And like yeah. also like, well, why they have it in the closet? Is there something about this book that I'm not supposed to see? Yeah, it made me want it more. So, but yeah, I would do that. And I realized that it was like just getting that rush to scare myself. What's it called? I want to see it. Hold on. Oh, it's called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, it's called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? <laughs> All right, I have it in my hand right now. Hold okay. on. The book is called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, 1979, Walt Disney. Okay. <laughs> oh, I do see it. It looks like a book that you would have to sign when you're leaving, like, the church. <laughs> yeah, that, that's totally it. Yeah, this is yeah. Uh, there's something foreboding about yeah. that book. And do you see the, the witch on the side, uh, <gasps> the back? Oh, yeah, there she is with the apple. And yep. the, uh, l- looks like she has eight fingers. <laughs> she does. <laughs> but, yeah, that book, man, used to creep me the hell out, I'll tell you. Uh, I miss the days when we could find scary joy in something so simple. Yeah. Now we have to pay $18 <laughs> to see a movie, and we're like, we just leave complaining about how we weren't scared by any of it. <laughs> 
So on one of our early shows, we talked about all of those scary anti-drug PSAs from the 80s and 90s. Yes. Um, but this one that I'm going to mention now, this might take the cake. WPAX used to play the shit out of it back in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. It's the one with the evil snake. Yes. So, oh God. The snake, the snake monster. Yeah, the evil snake dude. <laughs> yeah. So you got this like bad boy drug dealer, just like a common stock character in these anti-drug PSAs. And he's talking to the camera about how he's going to ruin your life with crack and all this shit. But all the while, he's slowly morphing into a literal snake man. It was, uh, yeah, it was totally creepy. Well, I mean, it's like I say that and you kind of like picture one thing. But I mean, he was like a snake human guy wearing this like Egyptian outfit. Yeah, the only way to describe it was that he was like the actual snake version of Serpentor. Yeah, it's like Serpentor and King Hiss mixed together. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, you were just sitting there watching DuckTales and then you had to deal <laughs> with that. I know. So it's not so much that if you go look it up on YouTube, you're going to be like, oh, I can kind of see a kid being scared of this. But if you're all alone when, the, when you're supposed to be getting babysat by the television and yeah. you're dealing with this snake man. It was obvious they were trying to scare kids. Am I the kind of guy who would do that to you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's like, I was old enough to get that there was some symbolism in play, but I'm sure the kids who were just a few years younger than me really truly believed that drug dealers were secretly snakes <laughs> well you know they do the same sort of thing now with some of these commercials like the to stop smoking and all this other stuff and well, yeah well they have the the one who has like that voice modulation thing they have a lot of commercials that are like more vivid and realistic but that one was like from a horror movie totally and the yeah. thing was like if you haven't seen it, you're picturing something cheesy, and it was cheesy, but the effects were on par with yeah. that time's horror movies. I was going to say, like, where would you even think that they would have a budget for that, like on a PSA? On right. Local, like, local I mean, I, you would expect the people who were selling the drugs <laughs> to have that kind of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy was like, uh, he was rattling off all the drugs he can get you. <laughs> and this and Pun like, intended, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like, well, I got, you know, I got this, and I got crack, and I got weed, and I got cocaine. <laughs> it, it was like, okay, so you want to trust the guy. He's offering you variety. Right, right. You know, he, he's not trying to scam you, and yeah, all of a sudden he, he turns into a monster. Right. And it's like, you know, I would have pictured a drug dealer being a lot scarier than that guy in real life. He's yeah. talking to me. He's, he's, he's keeping it real, and he's talking to me like I'm on his level. Yeah. <laughs> And then he turns into, like you said, Zerpentor. Do I look like the kind of guy that would do that to a kid like you? Yes! Number three. Okay, my next pick is a little bit mundane, I would say, but... It is real. It happens in real life to a lot of people. Okay. And it's sort of similar to your emergency broadcast uh, selection from the last time. But this is digital clocks blinking when the power goes out. Ooh. <laughs> now, the thing is, for me, it's more about not the fact that that happens, but the fact that if you come home from somewhere and you realize that the clocks are all blinking, you don't really necessarily know how it happened yeah you're not just picturing just a simple blackout you're thinking like who cut the wires yeah. what's going on yeah who's there... in my house so like, i have a big led clock uh, under my tv it'll blink on and off and it's blue numbers so sometimes i'll look over and I'm like, what the hell's going on all i see is the whole living room blinking on and off right right i, I actually know the clock you're talking about i've seen it and yeah <laughs> it is big enough to double as just an erratic nightlight yeah <laughs> So sometimes just seeing that 
you think like, okay, did something strange happen that wasn't just a power outage? Is this paranormal? Yeah, did it did an alien spaceship crash land? Or yeah, something? but you see, I mean, I actually think that it's scary even if you're there when the blackout happens. Yeah, because to me, it's it's worse to have that little clock blinking than to just have total darkness. Right. It feels like it's not just blinking, but it's blinking at you. Yeah. It's like it's like a demon sort of winking at you while that's happening. If you burp and you look at the clock, it looks like you're having an earthquake. I uh, swear to that's, God. That's such a specific thing to bring up. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's true, though. Uh, I mean, I don't doubt it. It's just, it seems like it's a point of passion for you. <laughs> well, how else could you replicate an earthquake unless you're on the on the earthquake ride at Universal Studios? Yeah, you're that right. It's, it's either the earthquake ride at Universal Studios or belching while your clock is broken. <laughs> Good call. Thanks. <laughs> Number four. Weekly World News is one extraordinary story after another. Wow. Weekly World News this week. World's oldest man takes a bride. She wants lots of babies? Men trapped three days in a freezer. That gives me the chills. Teen runaway becomes a princess. A real-life Cinderella. Possessed man begs for exorcism. Weekly World News. Did a computer goof kill granny? Mom hits record jackpot. With her last 50 cents. This week and every week from all over the world. Weekly World News. The more you read it, the more you get involved. Oh, how I miss the Weekly World News, Jay. Oh, yeah. The actual paper version, I mean, not the uh, the online version, which has existed since, I think, 2009. I know what you're talking about. In fact, I had to uh, verify with you that you were actually talking about the paper. Oh, yeah. What? It started so... in uh, 1979, and I think it went to 2007. Mm -hmm. And it was basically like the National Enquirer. Yeah. But it they had much crazier stories that were obviously fake. Yeah. Like, they had a whole stretch of issues where Bill and Hillary had affairs with aliens. Like, just, like, totally bizarre shit. <laughs> and you, you think in the back of your mind, like, is this, did this happen? <laughs> right, right. Well, the thing is, like, even by, like, year 2000, it was so intentionally over the top that, for me, it was almost like it was no fun anymore. Right. But when I was a kid and they were playing it, not so much straight, but a little straighter. Yeah. Oh, those tales of swamp monsters and demonic possessions. Like they had an effect on me. When you're a kid and you're looking at this thing, you rely on newspapers and magazines to be factual. You don't understand the concept of complete satire. Yeah. So you might think that there's some lies in the mix, but you don't actually think it's an entire work of fiction. When you were a little kid and you're there with mom, like how many times can you get the bootleg version of bubble plastic? <laughs> yeah. Like eventually you're going to go for the weekly world news. Yeah. So I get copies of this thing, and you know, you had mentioned with the Snow White book how you would go to look at it to intentionally freak yourself out. Yeah. That's what I did with Weekly World News. Yeah. Like, the shit in that tabloid, it was like the trauma version of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> totally. totally. Like ghosts and Satanists and murder yeah. and weird sex. And meanwhile, I'm this little kid. I still use Star Wars bedsheets, and this <laughs> is what I'm reading about. <laughs> I have a small weekly world news story though that i can share okay very small tidbit but you know the bat boy story right of course bat boy was there for those that don't know most famous <laughs> character yeah and i think the bat boy story really had an impression on me because in high school i was in a creative writing class with one of my friends and we were tasked to write a script for a play and we had to actually wind up acting it out in front of the class, which in high school, I was already a giant ham, so I, it didn't bother me. Right. So we wrote this whole play, and it was inspired by Bat Boy. So I have to point out something. Yeah. This is another case of you being psychic. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. there actually is a Bat Boy the musical. Well, no, I knew that that happened years later. Yeah. Yeah. This so, I mean, it's another thing where you were ahead of the curve, and you're basically, like, dictating what's going to happen in the future. Who are you? I don't know. I can only wish that if I only had you that. can use your powers for things more important than Bat Boy and Doritos. <laughs> That's where my my power stops. Yeah, <laughs> if you got a problem, call me. As long as it has something to do with Bat Boy or Doritos. <laughs> Number five. I wanna be your lover.
Matt, this next pick is completely ridiculous oh, in the ooh. in the best way possible. Okay. It is Billy Ocean's Lover Boy video. Bi- now, Billy Ocean's Lover Okay. Yeah, Billy Ocean was a singer back in the 80s. He still sings, but you know, he had his big heyday in the right, 80s. Right, right. Yeah. Had a lot of hits and he has the most extraordinary and outlandish music video that no one is talking about. Loverboy had an ex- outlandish music video? <laughs> yes. And, you know, when you hear the song, you know, I want to be a lover, lover, loverboy. Yeah. And it's like a fun, kind of happy-go-lucky love song that everybody was into at that time. Had a little bit of a, a run. Had a, I think it came in number two on the charts. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the music video, though, was completely opposite of anything you thought you would see in a Billy Ocean music video. And it was a mishmash of everything that was like sci-fi at the time. So you had Twilight Zone, Dark Crystal, Jabba's Palace. What? Had, yeah, horse creatures. It was completely ridiculous. There was robots and Skeksis. Oh, boy. Yeah, so if you t- if you pull this up, it is the most ridiculous thing in the world. I'm pulling it up because... It was, it was like they looted Skywalker Ranch for unused masks and costumes. Okay, who's on this horse? There's a creature on a horse riding on the beach... And then they go into this underground, like, bar, which is, like, Jabba's Palace. Oh, my. Holy shit. And there's a robot bartender called Bar Boy. I see him. Then Billy Ocean pops up, and he's singing, like, he's, like, dressed like Lando or Han Solo. Yeah. And, and he's, like, singing Lover Boy in between. And there's, like, giant Jawas walking around. Why is this? Why am I, like, like I need help. Like, why is this the <laughs> video to Lover Boy? Of I don't know. Oh, my God. That one Skeksy thing is something else. The horse guy, the main guy, he's like making gross tongue motions toward this pink-haired Skeksy creature. This is unbelievable. <laughs> is... This is absolute. Um, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! There's so many times I've declared this as like the best song of all time, and like one time we were we were in Atlantic City. I think it was like a New Year's Eve thing, and we were drinking, and I'm like telling you like this is the best song of all time. So you probably thought I was totally drunk. First of all, I do remember that conversation. <laughs> I did think you were drunk. You were drunk. And after you said it, you started singing it, and then you fell and passed out. This video is... It's just... I mean, like, I don't know if we're conveying it on the podcast, but, like, for people who haven't seen it, it is the most insane thing I think I have ever seen. It is. It is so crazy. I mean, I know Billy Ocean didn't really have many dark and spooky tunes, but yeah. of all the the songs in his library. Well, that's what like why Loverboy for this video. For his career, right? Billy Ocean, this could have been a huge risk because he could have easily filmed the video with him wearing like a swank, shiny coral colored suit on a black background. But no, they went with a sci-fi B-movie set. And it's literally scarier than anything in the original Star Wars trilogy, anything in a Star Trek movie. It is so, so crazy. Listen to how Wikipedia describes this music video. The music video was shot at Dirtledor in England and features a rider on horseback riding up the coast to a bar built inside a cave. That does not describe. No, it's this video. almost like they're being intentionally coy. With they those, are those, those wiki editors. <laughs> I feel like I need to get in touch with that evil snake because I need drugs to understand Loverboy. He probably was in it. That guy. Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. It's like I'm, you know, I'm here spouting off about that snake. But the things, there's like 5,000 different ones in this one music video. (laughs) Yeah, this is like that PSA times 5,000. This, I mean, how is it conceivably possible that nobody said, hey, Matt, have you ever seen Billy Ocean's Loverboy video until right now? Number six. Touchstone Pictures presents Eddie, Jessica, and Roger. A man, a woman, a rabbit in a triangle of trouble. Hide me, Eddie. Roger's wanted for murder. Jessica's wanted by Eddie. Eddie's wanted by Roger. Jessica. Eddie! 
Oh, honey bunny. It's the greatest adventure a man, a woman, and a rabbit ever had. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, a Steven Spielberg presentation, a Robert Zemeckis film. The story of greed, sex, and murder. Rated PG. Starts Wednesday, June 22nd at a theater near you. Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out in 1988, and it was a huge deal. Yes, Roger Rabbit, classic. Yeah, so the weird thing about that movie, though, is that I feel like it kind of just fell off the planet once it finished its theatrical run. Right. People still talk about it and say they love it, but for a movie that literally every person our age had to see at the time, mm-hmm. you would think it would be a bigger thing still today. I totally agree with you. And I was a big fan of that movie, and I was always kind of wishing there was more of Roger Rabbit around. And once in a while, like, he even appeared at, like, the Disney parks and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but it was never, like, a full-on it... return. Yeah, and it wasn't even, like, what you would think, because you really thought he would become as big as, like, Mickey Mouse back then. As a kid, I actually thought they were sort of trying to create a character that big. <laughs> yeah. And then he just sort of fumbled through life. Yeah. He just wasn't ambitious enough, Roger. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. Now, the movie did have some adult humor, and it was not, like a straight-up kid-friendly movie, like something we would watch on a Saturday morning. Right. But there was one scene that I think went a little too far. It was kind of like a 40s movie that, like, my dad would watch where there'd be, like, a detective. And that kind of didn't vibe with young kids at that time. You know, right. it was that, it kind of had that 40s vibe. But Well, it's like the thing with Bob Hoskins at that point is that he had only... It was, it's like you only knew him from fucking Beaches, and you'd never even heard of Beaches. <laughs> it would yeah. be years before he would start doing more shit like this. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, yeah, if you, you needed like somebody a little more like kid palatable. <laughs> Correct me. I don't know how to say it. I know. That's well, I'm just I'm going to leave it as it is because I think you're changing the way that word is, is pronounced. <laughs> seriously, now. like you read the word palatable. No, I mean, now I say palatable because yeah. I don't. Well, how is it really supposed to be said? I don't remember now because I've been saying palatable ever since you said it. From my perspective, there is no other way that could possibly make more sense than palatable. Palatable, <laughs> palatable. Well, palatable. Like nothing, it doesn't work. It should be palatable. Things change. Language is fluid. And somebody's got to start the trend. Although palatable actually does sound like something that could be plated on your dinner table. No, it sounds like sort of like a Play-Doh playset. All right, so anyway, there's, there's a key scene in Roger Rabbit. Right, and this actually is not the scene that most people are going to predict, but th- this is the one that got me. Yeah. It's when Judge Doom kills that little cartoon shoe. No, I mean, ugh, I, I, back me up here. <laughs> and I'll try him, convict him, and execute him. <laughs> Actually, when you told me that, I was shocked that you picked that scene. But I rewatched it, and I'm like, holy shit. It's that, horrifying. It's very... It's like, it's like a hostile movie or a Saw movie. <laughs> it's, like, very disturbing. Yes. So, yeah. for those who have not seen Roger Rabbit, you have Christopher Lloyd as Judge Doom, who yeah. uses this... He's the bad guy. And he uses this, like, weird acid bath called The Dip mm. to kill all of the sweet little cartoon characters. Yeah. To demonstrate the power of the dip, he grabs his little cartoon shoe and literally fucking dissolves it. (laughs) And when I say shoe, you're just picturing like a cartoon shoe. But no, it's basically like a cat who's a shoe. Yeah. It has eyes and a mouth and it's squeaking and it's like rubbing up against his leg. Yeah. So the movie shows the death of this shoe in all of its gory glory. It's practically (laughs) the longest shot in the entire film. (laughs) It was pretty bad. and I But it didn't leave as much... Like, impact on me watching it now, I totally could see that it would bother people. Uh, it, I, it, it's like, actually, it's to me one of the most depressing scenes in any movie. So, really. so, but what happens is, not only that did he dip the shoe in, but then there's smoke and... Right, he, it's like, his, it's, his, it's the shoe's, like, essence and guts. Yeah, so, but he takes his glove out, and the glove is filled with red ink. Right. Because you think it's blood, but it's actually red ink. Right, but I mean, it's basically meant to be blood. It's meant to be blood, yeah. And all I can think of now is, like, you know how in the original King Kong they cut the bug pit scene because it was too disturbing and it kind of threw people off for the rest of the movie? Yeah. How did the shoe death stay in this happy movie about a rabbit? I saw that in the movies when it first came out, and 
I remember thinking the end where Judge Doom, he like dooms out. Right, right. That was, to me, actually, that was really terrifying when I was a little kid. I think most people would agree with you. Yeah, and I I didn't remember the scene specifically hitting me that way because I think it was just used to enhance and show how badass he was. Right. But then I think at the same time, you kind of, if you followed the story, you knew it was just a, it was a literal cartoon character. So you knew that he wasn't real. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I was more affected because it was just this harmless cartoon shoe than I would have been if it was a person. But then I, I guess I just like lack empathy in general for humans. <laughs> so I have to like get it out of my system when cartoon shoes die. <laughs> well, I was like thinking when you said it, what if it was a cat? Like if it was a cartoon cat. I think we would all be really kind of scarred for life. But the thing was, it basically was a cartoon cat. Yeah. So, oh, geez, the dip, the cat, (laughs) the doom, the rabbit. (laughs) The poor shoe. The poor shoe. I wonder what his name was. I wonder if it had a name. Shoey. I have to look it up. Shoebaka. The shoe... The shoe from Roger Rabbit. The shoe from Roger Rabbit. Charlie? Oh, if it's Charlie, I'm going to start fucking crying right now. <laughs> um, Toon Shoe, apparently, is its real name. Just Toon Shoe. <laughs> Toon Shoe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, the voice of Toon Shoe was Nancy Cartwright. Oh, from The Simpsons. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, a little trivia. I wonder, some guy or in that film... Uh, was walking around with one shoe. He's like, where's my shoe? That had to happen. And there's probably a cutscene on the DVD. <laughs> Guy who loves the shoe. Yeah. Judge but, but, he got a, but he got a name. Yeah. Jack or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I know this has been something that has bothered you, like, your whole life. Well, I was... I was uh, here's the thing about this scene. Like, I watched it today. And yeah. I'm still just like, no, this scene is too much. It yeah. actually still gets to me. <laughs> and I'm not even like saying it to be funny. Like I watched this little shoe die a slow, horrible death, and I wonder how anyone could watch that and not feel like they want to just leave the world. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's almost like a litmus test for psychopaths. Like the fact that you're not so affected, I don't know if I could do the podcast with you anymore. <laughs> well, you know, like my sister's dog, sometimes it steals my dad's uh, slipper, yeah, and it'll start like chewing on his slipper, and I'm not really affected by that. Well, I mean, I, I would not be affected by that either because the slipper does not have eyes and a mouth and it's not squeaking. But if you if you change that, I think you would be affected. I think you're right. Number seven. In your Frigidaire cold pantry, there's a place for all your food. Fresh and frozen... Canned, bottled, and wrapped, new bought, and leftover. They're all right there, and they're all at your fingertips. My next pick is about refrigerators. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, <laughs> so when I was a kid, there was this sort of like urban legend going around that in the neighborhood, if somebody wanted to get rid of one of their refrigerators, like if it wasn't working anymore, they would put it out on the side of the road. That know. wasn't an urban legend. People really did do that. Yeah, they would put it on the side of the road and <laughs> it was like an urban legend that a kid would like play a joke on his friends and go hide in the refrigerator and then pop out when they walk by. Yeah. But there was always a kid who tried to do that and couldn't get out and like got locked in. Oh my god, I'm gonna blow your mind right now. <laughs> okay. I actually can tell you exactly why that rumor started. Okay. Because that exact same situation, almost to a T, happened in an old episode of fucking Pucky Brewster. Hey, I can't get out! Guys, open the door! It's dark in here! Yeah, because it really happened in real life. They probably copied it from real life. Uh, No, I think your friends copied it from Pucky Brewster. (laughs) Well, they might have. So my friends and I would ride bikes and we'd walk around and we were always scared because all the parents talked about how you cannot go near, if you see a refrigerator, you can't go near it. Oh, wow. So this actually went up into the adult stratosphere. This was, yeah, this was like, you were taught to not even go near a refrigerator if it was on the side of the street. Oh, wow. Yeah. So whether, 
I think it had to have been stemmed from real life and if it was in Punky Brewster because this was like real in our neighborhood and it even got to the point where it was mandatory that when you put a refrigerator outside, you had to unscrew the doors. Really? Yeah, because a kid, yeah, apparently a kid died this way. And I don't, I mean, I don't know all the details, but that was the whole thing. So, you know, if you were a kid and you were like, hey, let's go make a fort out of an old refrigerator. Right. Who the fuck does that? You know? Uh, well, I mean, I don't think any kids do because you can't fucking move a refrigerator. It's <laughs> like you're going to make a fort where they, where your neighbor puts out his garbage. <laughs> yeah. So we always heard that stuff. And we were always worrying that if we saw a refrigerator and we opened the door, we'd see some blue dead kid. Oh, God. Inside of it. Yeah. Oh, man. And plus, yeah. this was the 80s. The people were throwing away refrigerators like every other day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because the times were good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Reagan years. Yeah. So it's like I was always had a feeling that like my dumb, reckless friends would be like, hey, let's go. Let's go hide inside or use it as a fort. Right, right. You know, so um, but God, you, know, the you only guys thing... in Jersey, it's like you and your really <laughs> weird, specific urban legends. It's the Jersey Devil or it's the refrigerators <laughs> on the curb. All I knew up until that point about refrigerators was that, like, Zool lived inside, and yes. it kept my polio string cheese inside of it. Yeah, but the Zool thing was probably enough to say, nah, I'm not going to go near the stranger's refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, let me think twice before doing that. Yeah, I mean, it was probably sound device anyway, because, like, the thing could fall on you and just, like, kill you immediately. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it was one of those, you know, this has happened before where parents sort of adopt a urban legend to keep you away from something they just don't want you to do in general. I mean, that's I, that's true. I really do think there was a, an actual mandate or law. I don't know if it was just local. <laughs> just, I love I love yeah. the idea that the cops are going to send out notices. Yeah, no. About, about refrigerators. Yeah, no, about unscrewing the doors, though. That was an actual thing like that. You really couldn't keep them out there with the doors on. But I think like the whole idea of this is my friends and I would have like these sort of visions of of a fucking corpse in a refrigerator. Right. That's sort of like enthralling in its way because you're just riding your bike around town and meanwhile you're thinking, there could be a kid's corpse right over here. Yeah, in this frigid air. In this frigid air. It's like in the garbage, we're like, this thing is heavy, guys. Right. Oh, yeah. God. And plus, it's... like, at the same time, you couldn't take your eyes off the refrigerators because what kid is going to see a refrigerator on the street and not want to open the door? I totally yeah. understand why they had that no door rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to see if there's old snacks that you Oh, get. what do they got here? Yeah. <laughs> Look, they got old uh, pink swamingo. Hey, fruit wrinkles. I haven't seen these in a year. <laughs> So, yeah, refrigerator is very scary. Yeah. <laughs> Punky! Help me! Number eight. Look out, because this Halloween, Toys R Us is your Halloween headquarters. <laughs> You'll find every trick or treat under the moon. A monstrous selection of costumes and a dungeon full of decorations. At prices so low, you'll howl. So this Halloween, bring the entire family to Toys R Us for a Halloween selection so huge. It's scary. <laughs> so I usually bought my childhood Halloween costumes at like a Toys R Us or a random pharmacy. Right. But if I was after something really specific, I would drive everyone crazy until they took me to a real costume store. Mm. The ones that definitely were not just for kids. You're lucky even to say that because we barely had any around here. So did we. But I would, if I was really, really focused on being a specific character and it was a hard to find character, mm -hmm. I would make somebody drive me even sometimes to a different city to yeah. find a costume shop. Yeah, like sacramento sacramento i've actually taken i've i've, I've traveled cross-country to find the elf mask is that true no but oh, I mean, no what, I know, what is true is that i would have people drive me to like legit costume stores even if they were miles and miles away yeah yeah so i'd be in there fishing for whatever like low ball costume i was going for and suddenly i would notice the top shelves yeah which is where every costume shop kept all of their super hideous monster masks right the ones that were over $100 and they looked like they belonged on horror movie video cassette covers. Yeah. Now, I love masks like that now, but as a kid, they honestly freaked me out. Oh. Like, I don't know if you felt the same, but for me, it was like, I never saw that kind of shit in the real world. 
I was totally scared of masks and stuff because especially at that time, they had just started really making masks in a, an incredible way that were so realistic and just like the ones that you'd see in horror movies. And right. to back that point up, Friday the 13th Part 4 with the masks and stuff, like with Corey Feldman. Right. I mean, it was like, that's the type of stuff that like you would see in movies and you would see these in the back of the magazines where you could order those masks. Right. And that, that's when they started getting so scary, like just like the horror movies. Right. And they were actually, for me, they were even scarier in the horror movies because they didn't make much sense. Like you would mm -hmm. have these demons with like open wounds and bugs crawling out of your ears and it just didn't add up. Yeah. I'm like, I understood intellectually that they were masks and they couldn't hurt me. Yeah. But like, I would just kind of imagine them on their real bodies. And then yeah. I take those visions home with me and have nightmares. Oh, totally. So it was like, it was more like, I wasn't so terrified in the moment, but I knew if I saw that mask, I was going to be thinking about it later. If it was me, the vision of seeing them with their bodies and whatnot, that wouldn't be it for me. What scares me even now is if you're in a costume shop at night and all the lights are kind of off and you see all those masks up on the, there's something scary about masks in general too. Right. You know? Yeah, so, totally. And plus, yeah. like, they're on the top shelves, and they're sort of circling you around the whole store. Yeah. So you feel like if you stop paying attention to them, they're all going to come alive and just get you. Yeah. And and these weren't, the masks that you're talking about weren't the ones where it's just, like, the front of the face. Like, a lot of these ones no, were, these like, were the full basically head. full fucking yeah, heads. Full and, head like, masks. You know, Four-eyed werewolves with bloody jaws and bruised stitches. It's, like, just yeah. completely bizarre stuff that was going to kill you. Yeah, a lot of them had, like, the real hair on it, like, werewolf hair. Right, and, like, and, you know, now I understand that they put them up on those high shelves because they didn't want kids like me to rip the rubber. They were expensive. Yeah. But back then, I was always, like, more of the mind that they were almost like the adult section in a video store right. where the only people who would get things from that section were messed up somehow. Mm. So I would just, anytime I saw somebody <laughs> looking at these masks, I would be like, What's wrong with this person? Maybe that person is demented and wants to go kill people with a mask on. That's exactly what I like. I'm like, this is obviously for some, <laughs> some, some satanic cult or whatever. Yeah. There's something going on. This man should not be allowed to buy this mask. <laughs> I'll go into a Halloween spirit now, and I love it. I love being in there. I could practically live in a Halloween store at this yeah. time of year. Oh. But I miss when going there felt like you were going someplace a little bit dangerous. You know, when you mention uh, spirit, the spirit store is kind of have gone so mainstream at this point. I, I Believe me, I love going into the spirit stores and costume shops. But even with all the elaborate animatronics that they put up to sell their products and whatnot, there's something that gets lost in, in a spirit because it's so mainstream that it doesn't feel like creepy anymore. Well, it feels, it feels very like it popped out of a box kind of thing, whereas yeah. the costume stores always have that flavor like they've been standing there for yes. decades and they, there's mm -hmm. somebody dead in the basement and his spirit haunts the place and one of those masks is going to eat you, whatever the fuck. There's a place like that in Jersey. It's probably one of the best costume shops in the whole state, and it's called the Fun Ghoul Costume Shop. Oh, it better be with a name like that. Yeah, so you say you want to go to Fungool. Hey, Fungool. Fungool. Oh, God, is it really called Fungool? Yeah, it's the Fungool yeah, Costume that's Shop. That's the most Jersey pun. Yeah. But it is such a cool costume shop, and that's the type of place where it looks like it was like someone's basement, and there's just tons of shit everywhere, yeah. and it's, it's totally creepy. Ugh. And I think there was a boom time for us when we were growing up where masks and costumes were just like the thing. And I think that's also backed up in Halloween 3. With the masks, and you go into a store and you buy those masks, it's just something about masks back then was like so much cooler, I think. Well, I think it's like for us at that point, it was almost like a coming of age because we were so used to the window box masks that we'd get at Toys R Us. Yeah. We started to get the real ones. Yeah. You almost felt like you didn't just pretend to be the person, you were actually becoming them. Yeah, like it you was. Put, you put on that monster mask and suddenly you were the monster. Number nine. Okay, for my last pick, this one is all about my Uncle Richie's basement. Now, I know you don't know my Uncle Richie, but I'm going to explain <laughs> explain it to you. <laughs> yeah. So when you hear something like that, you're like, uh-oh, where are we going with this? Yeah, I don't, I don't like this. Like, there's several plausible scenarios and i don't think i like any of them my uncle richie is like a real jolly guy kind of like um almost like a santa claus type He's of guy jolly old saint rich <laughs> yeah so 
when I was real little, I used to love going to their house because his daughters, they were the best because they were a lot older than me, but they got me into music and they got me into like Van Halen. I thought they were the coolest girls in the world. What would happen is they would say, hey, do you want to go downstairs and see the basement? I had no clue. I'm like, sure, let's go in a fun basement. There's probably video games. Right. And, you know, dark they probably already have the bowl of popcorn out because they were waiting for this moment. Yeah, like, hey, yeah, we'll watch the Smurfs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so they told their dad, like, we're going to take Jay down into the basement. And he picked me up and he kind of propped me up on his shoulder a bit. And we walked down the stairs into the dark wood paneled basement. Mm-hmm. And I started to notice all up around the top of the walls, there were heads of animals oh no yeah so like there were there was like first like i saw a deer and there were like like trophy type things you know so i didn't it's a little kid i didn't know i've never seen anything like that before when you say it now okay he's into hunting thinking you're a kid and you never saw anything like that it really is like has an impact on you there was like squirrels and everything you could possibly think of that could be hunted and stuffed he had it down there. You yeah, know? so you're probably thinking, like, why is this guy, like, what does he do? Like, is he, is he freezing the animals and cutting their, like, what's going on? Yeah, you're wondering, like, they're all staring at you, you know? Oh, they're, I, look, <laughs> I, I understand completely what they are now, but I don't like them at all still. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to preach, but I just do not understand that particular trend. He would walk me around and he said I could touch them and stuff, you know, like so that I didn't mind it because I loved animals as a kid, just like most kids do. Yeah. And (laughs) so like I'm petting them, not not thinking a thing of it. So finally, he brought me to like there was a a corner of the finished basement where it was like clearly the crown jewel of his collection was a giant bear. And the bear was standing upright. Oh, he had one of those classic attacking bear thingies yes it was a full-size bear that he shot oh right richie i was on i was on his side until now (laughs) so i was a little bit scared and apprehensive at first but he would tell me no he's friendly you could go up and touch him and whatnot and pet him i'm like okay (laughs) so he brought me closer to like his mouth and this bear's teeth are like gnashing out at you as i got closer he would say touch his tongue so I'm like, all right, I don't oh, know. I why are they? Tongue. Why are these people yeah. with these things always want the kids to touch the tongue? Yeah, so I would, I touched the tongue. He's like, he's like, no, grab it. So you pull it out. I pulled the bear's tongue out of the bear's mouth when I was a little kid. Oh and god! I'm like, oh my god! I, t- I pulled this tongue out. You wait, wait, you actually detached <laughs> it from the bear? Yeah, like the oh, bear. These things, I didn't know that, but those things kind of just lay in there. You know, they're not actual real tongues. <laughs> so, oh, Jesus. So when I was a kid, I thought I pulled the bear's tongue out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, God, that's frightening and disgusting. <laughs> and in whether you're a kid or an adult, oh, my God. But I got the biggest charge out of it. And every time I went over there, all I wanted to do was go and pull the bear's tongue out of his oh, mouth. Oh, my God. So it's, I guess you upgraded from going to look at a picture of the Snow White Witch. <laughs> You're ready yeah. to try something a little harder, like going to pull tongues from dead bears. I needed something with more power. Yeah, I mean, this is how it starts, Jay. I know. You end up on the 10 o'clock news. So he loved that I was, like, so amused by well, it. you probably were the only one in the house who, I mean, he had two daughters. So yeah. I, I somehow don't think that they were quite as into pulling the tongue from the bear. <laughs> This basement, and just to frame it for everyone, this was like just a more Jersey version of the Lost Boys. You work the skin down on both sides until you reach the critter's legs. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's basically what it was. That Wilford Brimley-ish guy. <laughs> yes, that's that was my version. One thing about living in Santa Carla I never could stomach. All the damn vampires. <laughs> Number 10. Where's your nose? Do you want to play with me? In the mid-80s, there was this doll called Pamela, the living doll. Mm-hmm. It came out by a company called Worlds of Wonder, who also yes. did Teddy Ruxpin. Right. 
So just picture like a regular kitty doll with some electronic features. Mm -hmm. Run-of-the-mill stuff. Yeah. A doll like Pamela would normally get a TV commercial where a little girl is like feeding her plastic food and pushing her on a swing. Mm -hmm. But for God knows what reason, Worlds of Wonder had something else in mind. Motherfucking space aliens. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you did you get my link? Did you watch this shit earlier? Hundred percent. And I'm gonna tell you, before you go into any detail, that brought me back because I totally remember that commercial. Like, there's no way you could understand why they did what they did. The idea was the fact that this thing is so lifelike and so much like a human that even aliens could relate to it. I get that. You know, it, it's a little on the edge but i understand <laughs> but at the same time do you think that message warranted having a kids commercial for little girls a little girls doll that starred space aliens it was like it like was intense like... movie level space aliens with the silly putty skin and the flat faces this thing is so incredible to me it, this commercial is a masterpiece it, it really no, is. It is like today i watched it i'm like i cheer every time but when you're a kid and you're looking at these freaky fucking aliens and they're in a commercial for Pamela, the living doll. <laughs> well, there's a family of aliens that comes in contact with the doll, right? Right. Well, the doll is for some reason just laying out in an open field. <laughs> it's, you know, like, why the fuck is there a Pamela doll? I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because okay. the, the girl who owned it was so fucking scared of the doll because it talked like it was fucking chucky or something it's like let's have a cookie <laughs> oh god did it i completely forgot that part yeah. the, you know i was so enamored and frightened of the aliens that i wasn't yeah. really paying attention it to pam like, will you play with me oh jeez. Do, do you want to play with your friend oh god one of my friends up the street used to have this doll and it was creepy as hell well all of these little talking dolls were creepy every single one of them but yeah somehow they just get a little bit creepier when they seem to be invested in by space aliens <laughs> it is the most incredible commercial of all time i mean the thing is like you're watching this during like weekday afternoon blocks or whatever <laughs> so you're just kind of laying on the couch and you're not really mentally prepared for anything exhilarating and yeah then this is not just one it's like fucking 18 18 <laughs> fucking emaciated ets if a girl got this doll thinking, this is my way to contact aliens and extraterrestrials, that could have been their little, like, backwards way of reaching out to the other side. Maybe, but you still have to wonder why and how a company like Worlds of Wonder, who had everything riding on a doll like Pam, <laughs> would say, you know what? We're not going to show the girl just sitting on the floor saying sweet things to her doll. We're going with space aliens. <laughs> An idea like that has to come from the top because it would never get sold its way up top. So whoever ran Worlds of Wonder wanted to do this. <laughs> I mean, I can't describe... This commercial is, is so unbelievable. It's unbelievable, but you have to agree. It's, like, so bizarre that it got made. Yeah, and just like we were talking about with the budget of the Billy Ocean commercial, this and the, and the snake commercial, yeah, the, the budget for this thing must have been huge. That's exactly my point. If you're going to blow a million dollars to sell this fucking talking doll, <laughs> are you really going to roll the dice that far? <laughs> I would love to know how successful that doll was, though, because you, you never hear Pam getting talked about in the same sentence as, like, Teddy Ruxpin or, or, or My Pet Monster or well, any of that the, stuff. Well, you're, I'm talking about why you don't hear about it now, because who the <laughs> hell is going to go run out and buy Pamela of a living doll after seeing that commercial? Do you think <laughs> a little girl's going to be like, Mom, get me a Pamela doll after seeing these space aliens molested? They need a fucking break. Yeah, they scared away their whole... That's what I'm saying. Whole... That's You don't roll the... Like, you have a safe bet. You make the safe bet. You don't say, you know what? Nobody's going to buy this doll unless we do something so crazy. <laughs> they scared away all their customers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, basically, they pitched it to fucking space aliens that don't exist. <laughs> they pitched... They made a commercial that targets space aliens. <laughs> They, all right, though, they did seem like very friendly space aliens, though. Well, I mean, they made some vague attempts to give them sort of crooked smiles and maybe some playful chirps, but they were a frightening bunch. The younger alien was very entertained by the doll and seemed very nice. The younger alien still looked like one of those things of meat that Rocky punched. 
<laughs> you mean meat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those things of meat. Yeah, the, the meat things. The meat things that Rocky uh, punched. Pamela the Living Doll, everyone. That's probably in my top five things we've ever talked about on the show, only because I literally didn't remember that commercial until you sent it to me. I'd take more pleasure in that compliment if I thought you could even name four other things that we've talked about on the show. <laughs> Let's do our, our, our thing. Where let's we, do the thing. The narrow thing. All right. Yeah. So uh, let's see. You did uh, the, the drug dealer snake guy, which is, uh, that's a contender. Oh, that's got to be a contender. That fucking crazy. Yeah. I did the yeah. weekly world news, which is cool, but it's not going to get picked. Yeah. Roger he, Rabbit. We already had a little disagreement about Roger. <laughs> um, costume shops, a little boring. So it's between <laughs> Pamela and the snake dude. You know what I was just thinking, though? That friggin' doll, just to go back for a second. Yeah, yeah. If you could watch on YouTube this doll talk, because some people have videos of the doll talking. All right, well, hold on now. I feel like you have, you could have the same relationship with that doll that you did with Dr. Spazzo. Really? And I, there, I remembered something All we right, talked about. hold on. About. I'm about to listen to this, this little doll. Yeah. Can you play with me? I love to hug you. Oh, my God. <laughs> she sounds like the twins from The Shining. Do you want to play with your friend? No, I'm not kidding. This thing is like, that's not a pleasant, friendly voice. That's an ominous, I'm going to kill you. I actually mean the opposite of what I'm saying voice. Hello, Matt. Will you play with me? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give me a kiss? And is it just me? Or does she have sort of like a... Uh british accent that she's trying to hide it's just a demon accent in disguise you know what i don't even know if the aliens are scarier than the doll now <laughs> between the both of them it's just like that's what i'm saying i think she scared almost scared them away she scared her family away correct me if i'm wrong that means you're gonna pick pamela over... i'm gonna i'm gonna go with pamela i mean that the serpentor drug dealer was that's fucked it's up. a strong number two it's a strong number two but the pam is a clear standout for me all right way to go pam yeah, nice job, Pam. <laughs> Do you want to give me a kiss? Woo! Woo! All right, let me pick yours. Uh, <laughs> let's see, what do we got? What do we got? We have the story about the Snow White Witch. The Snow Pass White. on that one. Yeah, digital clocks. I don't really have any good ones. Digital, digital clocks. clocks uh, um, refrigerators. <laughs> I don't know what. I still don't know what the fuck that was about. Uh, then we have the bear, which honestly could be a contender yeah but not yeah. when it's up against lover boy yeah lover boy by billy Ocean. oh my god yeah it's not only the number one it's number one by such a wide margin that nobody else realizes there is a number one they just think they're racing against each other <laughs> it's already over why why is there no crowds here i <laughs> the whole idea with that is just the the real contrast between the song itself and the video well, there's it's no, just there's I mean, no like, relationship. Am I, I have to look up the lyrics to Loverboy because I have to see if there's any sort of explanation. Maybe? Well, I, I can, you know, I'll give you a hint into well, it. Wait, yeah, I, I actually I, here, I, here we go. Well, there, the first, he says the first Loverboy lines, forty times. Yeah, <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, listen that's to it. the first two lines. Scared of the dark, the door's wide open. This is a night you'll regret in the morning, which I I, I think they mean morning. <laughs> Wait, are you looking at the right song? Oh no, I'm looking at <laughs> Loverboy by You Me at Six. <laughs> I was like, it's Loverboy is like, he says Loverboy 45 times. Oh, why the fuck? Oh, I, I forgot to put a space between lover and boy. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, like... it's still one right here. Loverboy. Uh, I'll tell you how it goes. I don't know what you've got, but it plays with my emotions. I want you so much. Darling, I want to hold you near. want to whisper sweet and tender in your ear. Can't stand the All right, so these are actually making the visuals in the video worse. Yeah, it's the Skywalker Ranch vomited all over the sand. Yeah. <laughs> so Billy Ocean and Pamela, I think this is the first conversation in which Billy Ocean and Pamela the Living Doll were both mentioned. In, yeah, in the same conversation. Yeah. I agree. yeah. And garlic Doritos from Japan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I'm going to give you one of those garlic <laughs> Oh, I don't Can you please have another one of these? Because these are 
This is just phenomenal. God. <laughs> it would be so awesome if they taste like fish food. Oh my god, they're so good. They're so good. Like, I feel like I'm getting served a snack at a five-star restaurant. <laughs> this is what I'm going to eat before I order. Yeah, that's exactly it. Mm. Well, happy snacking, everyone. And we hope you're enjoying your Halloween season. We'll see you again at least two, maybe three more times before the big day. Oh, that's exciting. Mm. Very exciting. So this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit. And I'm Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time. And you are listening to the Purple, Purple Stuff Podcast. Can you play with me? Yes. Do you want to give me a kiss? Yes.